everyone. Welcome to Nerds of a Feather, a place where nerds flock together to talk about all things fun, creative, and nerdy. I'm your host, Parker Randalls. I'm your co-host, Mark Williams. And I'm your co-co-host, Noah Helsey. Thanks for joining us. Is this thing on? Heck yeah. Today, we're talking about something I have been very excited and waiting very patiently for. So Our fun. favorite... Let's go! It is our favorite video games and our favorite video game genre, and perhaps a little sprinkling of our favorite video game memory and our favorite platform. I'm very excited for this episode. I know Mark is very excited for this episode. Yes, very excited. And I know Noah, who has just resurged as a gamer who has recently purchased the Nintendo Switch, is also excited for this episode. And we hope you are too. It hasn't even been a week. I'm like, just just getting back into it. I dipped my toe back in the waters. Going to see how this goes. As you know, for those who play video games, it is often very difficult to just merely dip your toe into the water of video games. There's so many great games out there, so much fun to be had, so many great stories, uh, so many great platforms. But I think the best way to get started is with Mark, who has been playing video games, who for time was a video game streamer, if I remember correctly. Yes, I did stream for a little bit. I I gained a decent following. I got like 100 followers on Twitch. Yeah, dude, that's right. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so perfect person to start our video game journey tonight. So Mark, why don't you tell us about your favorite video games, your favorite platform or memory, and your favorite genre of video games. Okay, so I'm going to start with platform because I think it's the easiest for me to talk about and work my way into everything. Um, I'm gonna say my favorite platform is PC. I have over a hundred games on Steam and I have, yeah, I have so many games on Steam. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's a lot of games on Steam. Steam sales were. Did you pay for all of them? Because I'm doing the math in my head, and I'm like, Mark, like you could own so there... houses by now. <laughs> so a lot of it is like you get bundles. Uh, there's something right. called Humble okay. Bundle, and so you'd spend like seven dollars and get ten games. And when actually, I only wanted one game out of that out of right. that bundle, but it'd be cheaper to buy the Humble Bundle than just buy the game alone. They're like, so, no, you can't have one. You have to have 10. It's like, I just, no, take them. <laughs> so, like, I literally have, like, some of these games on here. I have my Steam pulled up where I haven't even played them. Um, let me see. Let me find one. I've dabbled in, like, all of them, though. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, Metro, Metro 2033, Race the Sun... Medal of Honor, Etz Munchies. Um, Munchies? Is yeah. Is like a cereal eating game? No. Uh, the Witcher 2. Mm. Yeah, so I have like some random games in there that I have bought, but I've spent most of my time uh, gaming on my PC in my like later years. I grew up playing the Super Nintendo. Um, and one of my games is on the Super Nintendo that I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But I put, dabbled in streaming and all that just because I really liked PC gaming. 
And the game actually, one of the games I really enjoyed streaming is actually a game I'm going to be talking about. called Megan uh, 2000, no, not 1993. I came out in Japan uh, December 17th, 1993. Came out in the United States in January 1994. Um, in Japan, it was Mega Man's originally known as Rockman. I don't know if you knew that. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And so he was, it was called <laughs> Rock, Rockman X. And I'm just was, thinking about the guy from Ragnarok who's like, <laughs> nothing to fear unless you're made of scissors. Just a good rock, paper, scissors joke. Okay. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, it is an action, action platforming game. Uh, so you move right, you jump, and you shoot. It could be called Jump Shoot Man if you really wanted to do it. Uh, name it that way. Because <laughs> that's literally all you do. But here's the thing. It is so crisp. That game is literally perfection in movement controls. Some might debate me on that, but I stand by it because it is pixel perfect in the sense that like you move and it'll do exactly how you input it. Um, that's my... I'm not going to go too far into that side. I want to go more into the game design and how the game design influences and like how it teaches the player about new mechanics without having... A bubble pop up and say like hey watch out for this thing this thing does the yada 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 and just tells you about it and um i have an entire list about like here up wow. is about Mega Man x i love this game. dude that's like my blue spirit episode notes <laughs> yeah so i'm not even going to go into the story of Mega Man x because i think the story is really cool but most people don't play it for the story um so the game design it all starts with the intro stage. The intro stage is the most brilliant thing you have ever created because you hit the main menu, you press start, you see X, shoot this little laser thing, uh, and you're like, oh, that's so cool. How do I get to shoot that? Drops you into the intro stage. Open screen, nothing on it, just X is sitting there. You have your controller, which this is an N60, uh, no, a Super Nintendo controller, so it's Larry. A D, D-pad, and four buttons, and two analog sticks. Super simple. So you drop in, no instructions, no, doesn't tell you how to do anything. So you're like, well, what do I do? So you start pressing buttons. You're like, ah, that you drop in on the left side of the stage, and you see all this room on the right. So you're like, hmm, I bet if I press the right button, it'll t take me right. And it does. And so it slowly teaches you, <laughs> mind-blowing. Uh, so it slowly teaches you mechanics of the game by introducing them like slowly and then compounding all of them at once. So it doesn't give you too much you can handle until the end, but you should have already ran into all these different mechanics as the game has progressed. Um, so that way at the end, you can read all the things that is happening on screen at once, but still be able to react and know how to respond. And so I love that game just because it is so clean. Um, oh, like there's so many different examples I can give. Um, like you move right, the first enemy that hits you is this big spiky wheel that runs at you. And you're like, oh, how do I go around this? If you don't know how to jump, you start button mashing, then you figure out the <laughs> jump button. And so you figure out how to jump over. Even if you don't do that, it hits you. You still have a life bar, which gives you grace to learn how to make mistakes and figure out how to get past uh, characters and so it will typically show you 
what the action of the enemy does right as you're entering frame. So that way you see what he does, you can learn it, and then you can respond as you get closer to it. Because it makes you want to like know that you were the dummy that got hit by that thing, not that you were surprised. It doesn't get, take you, give you anything by surprise. You know that it should happen, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I could keep going about that, but I think I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start uh, playing Mega Man X? Like, when was the Six. first time you played? Six. Okay, so did you play it on the suit? Because I know... Later on, you, you were saying that you played it on the computer. Did you play it on the Super Nintendo originally? I played it on the Super Nintendo originally. I still have the game on the Super Nintendo with the original cartridge, with the original Super Nintendo, with the original controllers. I still own it, and I have taken great care of it. That Dude, game that's is my in college. In college, he would play through it, and he would say, I'm going to try to beat it in this amount of time, like from the beginning to the end. And he would tell me the record for this beating this entire game is like, I was like 34 minutes. minutes. There you go. And so he would tell me, he's like, I'm going to try to beat it. Like he wasn't, he knew he probably wasn't going to break the like all time record. But he's like, I'm going to try to get through the whole thing in like less than an hour. You know, he'd just be playing through it. And it was like, it was wild to watch because he played it so many times. He like yeah. knew what to expect. I got into speed running uh, that game. And I got to the point where I could beat it in 45 minutes. Wow. So it's just pretty crazy. Like, I got to the point where I could beat it in 45 minutes, and that's because the movement is so crisp. Like I had mentioned before, like, I knew exactly if I pressed this button at this time, it would respond exactly this way. And, like, it's hard to speedrun games and get it that time so low with movement that isn't crisp. And so I think it's just a testament to the game design and the game, like... Yeah, the game design and the game creators. I mean, it's an, it was a great way to reboot um, Mega Man because around that time, Mega Man had Mega Man 6 that just came out, I think. And it was starting to get stale, like not really much. You have the 8-bit graphics. You jump, you port to the, um, or 16-bit graphics. You port to the Super Nintendo, which had 32-bit graphics. And the sound instantly hits you because you know, like the 8-bit music that you kind of hear on older video games Mm -hmm. you have electric guitars you have drum riffs you have all this epic music that just hits you right off the bat and it's so cool it's so weird to me to think of a reboot coming in like 1993 because i'm just like that's ancient like we didn't even have like we didn't even have like HD cameras, you know, I'm like, weren't people playing Pong back then? <laughs> like, like I have no gauge for like the yeah. timeline of like when video games got really good or not, you know? Yeah. So it's like weird to think that there had already been like six of those before this one came out. And, and like, they're the still making 90s. them. Yeah. They're still making Mega Man games. Like I made, I played uh, Mega Man Battle Network on the uh, Game Boy Advance when I was, uh, playing the Game Boy Advance, I played uh, Mega Man Zero, so many Mega Man games. Speaking of, well, I was going to say to transition um, to a game that doesn't help you learn the mechanics at all and expects you to just like figure it out as soon as you step into it. Uh, my first game that I want to talk about is Super Smash Bros, which if you've never played Super Smash Bros and you just sit down with your friends <laughs> and you just throw yourself into it, uh, can be a little bit overwhelming because unlike 
Mega Man, it is not like a level-based game where you play through it to try to win. It is like a play-against-your-friends game, and it's 2D on a stage, and the idea is you're trying to knock people off. And so I was also laughing as you talked about it that Nintendo literally can't make a normal controller. Like they're not capable. Like they don't can't. They're not capable of it. Like if you look at like <laughs> PS4 and like Xbox controllers, they're like pretty similar. Like they they do feel different, and there's different stuff. But like if you look at like controllers throughout time on like PlayStation and Xbox controllers, they follow a pretty like linear progression. But like Nintendo controllers, you go from like the one you were talking about which has super simple to like the gamecube controller which is like my childhood which like i don't even like like i don't know what's going on the you had analog stick left bumper right bumper z bumper uh right four buttons but in like this weird hoop thing and then the c stick (laughs) and like the b is like a quarter of the size of the a button and then the c like and the c stick isn't like a true directional pad like it's different like you wouldn't really use it to like look around as much it was more like i don't know it's just wild and then the week comes out they're like hey how about we have you point at the screen and that'll like do something so we can like have like track your movement and then the wii u they were like okay so we'll still have that kind of but now we're gonna do this thing where like there's a console and you basically have a game boy that you're holding and then everyone else has like different ones and then the switch comes out and they're like yeah, just scrap the console for for good. We're just going to put the whole thing on this one pad. And if you want to project it onto your TV, you just set it in there and everybody else just has these like stuff. And now you have like two controllers. We have one in each hand and they don't even have to be connected by a wire. Like you, I could hold them behind my back on opposite sides of my body and still be playing like right and left, like one hand in each. And I just appreciate that. But Nintendo's like, no, why would we make a normal controller? Way to go for innovation. <laughs> it's just It's just so wild to me. There's just so, and even the, so even on the Switch, like the Joy-Con controllers, and you could do this on the Wii as well, you can use it with like the, like the nunchuck or with the other side of the joystick, but you can also just turn it sideways and make that your entire controller. Yeah. And it's just like the four buttons, the two, it basically is back to like the N64. So you got four buttons, you got a pad, and then you've got your two triggers, and that's the entire thing. Also, that's the it. N64 controller, we skipped that generation wild mm-hmm. it was like this three-pronged thing with the analog <laughs> yes, yes. Z button behind it a b then like a what was the c stick but it was just four diagonal uh four buttons uh here right left bumper then the dia- uh, d-pad here but you never used the d-pad because your hand was always on the middle uh analog c right. uh, analog stick with the z button Dude, so you never use like this half the controller at all I remember being mad as a kid at Nintendo because I was like, I wanted to play like Halo or some of these other games. And they're like, no, they literally can't put them on the GameCube because you don't have enough buttons. Like you don't like there's not enough stuff on the controller to be able to control everything, even if they wanted to like adapt it for Nintendo, which I just think is well. But now, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I appreciate it more. So anyway, back to Super Smash Bros. Like they said, I just recently bought a Switch like last week. I'm very excited. I'm just getting back into games. I was playing mario kart and the new smash Bros. all weekend my friend randy who's been on the podcast before and we had a wonderful time um i think smash bros is a perfect video game for what it is like if you love amazing storylines and like or first person shooters it's like not for you at all but if you just want to have fun with your friends it's just i just think it's perfect because it's a game that you could all sit down and have never played before and button mash and just have a great time just blasting each other off the screen or you could practice and get really, really good at it 
and it becomes something that's actually very technical and is very fun and you can actually get really really good at it what i also love and i think this is something that like overwatch has tapped into recently in a very different genre is the specialization of all the characters like no two characters in smash bros are exactly alike and so i think it also cuts down on the boredom as well that like you could play for hours and hours and you never get every single like combination of different things because you're always going to be fighting other characters and you're always playing different characters and even characters like fox and wolf for example who are like have very similar or fox and falco who have like very similar mechanics still have little things about them that are different like fox's yeah. gun it shoots faster but it doesn't stop you doesn't stun you whereas falco's does so even little things like that it's like and then also comboing with uh fox and falco i know this because i it's so cool that you mentioned like you can with smash bros you can take it at face value of just a great party game and have button mash with your friends or you could take it on the competitive level mm -hmm. i took i always took it on the competitive level i love competitive games but like fox and falco uh fox you combo horizontally so if you want to do a combo string you combo horizontally but you kill vertically however with falco you combo vertically but you kill horizontally so like their combo moves that link into each other work better like that way and their kill moves are the opposite direction from each other which is really cool even though they essentially have the same kit but just the way you combo and structure your the way you attack with them completely different yeah that's really much more technical breakdown than i would have been able to give thank you for saying that but I, but i was gonna say is that i just appreciate it so much because of like you said there's the technical side there's the fun side and there's just so many like you just so many maps and so many characters you're just you're never going to run out of combinations and like new things to play even when we're sitting down this weekend randy and i are just playing just the two of us and we're trying to like relearn the game because it's been years since we've played and so then we put a couple computer characters against us and each time i was like Oh, I could play that character. I haven't played that one yet. And there were so there were only a few I just didn't want to play at all. There were so many that I was like, oh, I want to try that one again. Cause I remember playing it before and I remember that it was fun. And so it's just like endlessly fun. And I just love the idea that it's totally absurd. Like you have a, you know, a space fox firing a blaster at a fantasy person who's throwing a bomb. And then there's like a, you know, Pokemon character like it's coming in from the sky while mario is like you know throwing fireballs at people like it's just because it's all of the different nintendo like universes combined into one and mario kart has some of this too but because of that it's it's totally ridiculous but you can have like real characters who are like really melee based or characters who are really uh range more ranged attacks like they do more damage with range attacks and i think one of the things i love about it which i had wouldn't have been able to point this out when i was younger because i didn't we hadn't started playing yet but i think Super Smash Bros. has a lot of, like, correlations to, like, D&D. &D. How, like, in D&D, &D you have characters who are, like, really good at one thing, but really bad at another thing. Or they have, like, you can, like, specialize. And I think that Smash Bros. has some of that, too, where you have a character who's, like, not, doesn't hit super hard, but is super fast. And it's like, okay, well, this character, I need to, I'm going to have to hit you more, but it's going to be harder for you to hit me back because I'm quicker than you. Or you have characters who are really strong but are kind of slow and so you have to be more careful it's like okay i i'm also heavier so you're not going to knock me off the stage ganondorf. So. Ganondorf. oh my god ganondorf i was thinking about <laughs> bowser and donkey kong but yes ganondorf super heavy but it's just <laughs> I think that's super fun like i think there's something so like 
delightful about the the endless variety that it provides. One thing too about Nintendo, I was going to say, which it makes so much sense now that I would be a Nintendo guy, knowing what I know about myself. It's just this has always been the path. This I don't know. This is, it was inevitable that I would end up in this place. But this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> but I just I love how Nintendo and Mark pointed to this like. He was talking about a game that came out in 93. I'm kind of talking about a game that came out like in 2018. But with each new system, they would remake the same game, but they would make a new version of it. So they, they would like take what people had loved about past versions of the game with like each console. And I don't know that there's like a comp for that with other systems, because I feel like with other systems, you'd have multiple versions of the same game come out on a single system, you know, like um like halo 1 and halo 2 you played on the xbox right i think i have that right right and then like halo 3 came out with the xbox 360 so there was some progression with the consoles themselves but there was also but with nintendo it's more like each console has its own version of the game which i don't know i just think there's something really fun about that it's like when i think about the wii i go oh that's brawl like obviously that was that was the the wii when i think about the gamecube like oh that was melee you know when i think about the wii u it was like it was literally called like wii u you know like so each or we just called it smash 4 but like each of the ones have specific games associated with that console i think maybe more so than any other um like company that puts out games and it's really fun because then you associate not only that game with that console, but the memories you had in the season of life you were in, you know, yeah. like I remember playing GameCube and then I remember the Wii came out and then I remember when the Wii U came out, you know? Um, and because there've been so many more than like PlayStation, it's like they're, it's, we're on PS4, which really isn't that many. If you think about like Nintendo, you know, yeah. these different consoles and systems have come out. It's really not that many. And so I just, I think there's something like really fun about sort of the absurdity of some of Nintendo's stuff and just, I don't know. I, I appreciate the absurdity and yet the fact that you can still take it seriously if you want to, like you don't have to take it seriously. You can just have a blast with your friends, but there, the ability, like you said, with the Mega Man game, the ability to make it super technical and competitive is also there. You know? Yes. So. We fit trainer is my favorite character. <laughs> I hate we fit. Trainer. Wait, can we just go around and say our favorite smash Bros. character? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, Parker, yours was Wii Fit? Yeah, or Meta Knight, uh, when you <laughs> just do that. But only in Brawl. Oh. Only in Brawl. When he, when he could do that little drill attack and you just ruined everyone's evening for like. I hate you. you had, dude, I had no idea how I to play you. Brawl at all. But someone was like, dude, you want to play? And I was like, sure. I picked Meta Knight on a whim. I had no idea, guys. I didn't know any. Like, I've, I've played Smash, but I just picked Meta Knight. And then I figured out the, the dashing drill attack. I was yeah, like his B side attack. It's ridiculous. I was like, he's he's a god. He's a god among these characters. You couldn't stop him. It was the dude literally did not have a losing matchup. It On was the technical side, he did not have a single losing matchup. He could theoretically win every single game. He was, was beautiful ridiculous. and perfect. They've butchered him in the recent generation, poor guy. He, he, was, like, he was beautiful <laughs> for a time. Brawl is probably. Well, I mean, I feel like it, I. I don't think this is controversial. It's saying Brawl was by far the most flawed of all the, oh, of all the Smash games. The most <laughs> tripping, the but, dumbest mechanic. But it also had, like, I don't know. I loved Ike in Brawl because he was he hit so hard. He was so overpowered, and I would just like we played time matches with my friends, and I'd have like twelve kills, and I wasn't even that good at, at Smash Bros. But he, I would just 
smash attack everybody <laughs> it was so it, much fun was ike the one where like the farther on the tip of the sword you hit the more powerful no, that's attack. marth that's marth yeah oh, marth yeah i love marth too, ike, ike you want to hit in the middle of the sword he's stronger in the middle of the sword he has a, he has the giant great sword that he swings with two hands which i just love so what about you mark uh my favorite character see i mostly played melee so i'm gonna go off of that uh falco is my favorite character in melee uh, again, I played competitive Smash, so I'm big into that scene. Uh, I think Falco has the sickest combos and can style on someone the most in the entire game. And then my second choice is Marth, because you can dance around literally anyone, and you're a speed person, and if you know how to properly place your hits, they, they go flying. Those are both good. I would Historically, mine would have been Ike. Um, I haven't unlocked Ike yet on the Switch because we just started playing this weekend. I will say I really like Link and Zelda, which is kind of cute, actually, that I that those two. But I was playing both of them this weekend. I was actually getting excited with how much better I was getting as Zelda because I've always liked playing her, but I didn't feel like I was very good at her. But I was like killing people with her teleport. Like I would teleport sideways and blast people off the map. It's so satisfying. Like those like sort of absurd kills like Falcon, like Captain Falcon's punch. Uh, Jigglypuff's rest, Zelda's teleport, like those things that are super hard to land. They're so satisfying when you can do them. Because if you miss, it's like, oh, I'm dead now. But if you can hit with them, it's just, it's delightful. So I, I like Link because he's both range. They're both of both Link and Zelda. They can do a lot of damage, like melee, but they're also great range characters. You can like hit people from a distance, and that's one thing that even though I love Link, I recognize he's a very flawed character because he doesn't have any range attacks and he's super slow. He hits so hard. It's so satisfying to mash, blast yeah. him with the smash attack. It's a very satisfying character to play, but I, I know he's not like in any way the best character. So anyway, so those are some of my favorites. Parker, your favorite game. Let's hear What's it. your first favorite game? Um, this is difficult because I can just start rambling a list. <laughs> so, I will say before I hop into it, and in I'm going to talk about different games, but I will say my favorite video game of all time, the video game that was just transcendent for me was Knights of the Old Republic on the Xbox. Uh, the, twist, the twist, like halfway through the game, I remember just pausing the game, saving and turning it off and not coming back to it for like two and a half days. I just couldn't. I couldn't come back. I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. And it all made sense. It was beautiful. But I'm not going to talk about that game. I would say my favorite game currently, and I think I have to speak in terms of currently, because if I just sat here and said, well, I love Skyrim. You know, I played, I got Skyrim on the Xbox 360 the day it came out. And I remember like knowing I had to go to school. It came out on a Thursday, September 11th, like 2011, I think, or something, something like, like that. that. It was like literally, yeah, it was like a weird date like that. I was like, uh, that's weird. Um, but I remember like getting that video game, staying up for it and playing until like four in the morning and just not knowing how to do anything. I thought two handed meant that you could like dual wield. And I put all my point, my perk points into that only to realize later on that it actually meant like great hammers and great swords. So I completely re redid the character. Like it was beautiful. My favorite current game that I enjoy the most right now is Overwatch. I never thought game. Oh dude, I love it. And I never thought that I would be into team hero shooters. But 
I remember the first time I played it, I played Tracer and it was first person shooter. It's a team base. So there's three classes, DPS, which is kind of like your damage dealers. There's tanks who are your shield and soak up the damage and then support, which is like your healers. I remember I played Tracer and I was like, this is the most fun I've had playing a video game in years. I play it. I'm, I do not play it competitively. I'm not skilled enough. However, I, in the competitive game mode, which I really enjoy of the game, I am a diamond player, in which I'm very proud of. I worked really hard to get diamond and support. I watch the pro league. That's how much I enjoy the game. Like I, and, and not just watch the pro league like as a casual, like casual fan. I know the entire starting lineup for the New York Excelsior. That's my team. And then I'm really hoping that like Yaki, who's this one of the starting DPS for the Florida Mayhem, like gets the MVP this year. Oh, I'm heavily invested. Like to the point that like, you know how people get upset when their football team doesn't win a game. Yeah. On Saturdays when New York Excelsior plays bad and loses, I, it, it kind of ruins my Saturday for me. Like I'm that invested. I love the game this much. Like, Wow, um, like OU football. You're like, I can't even be happy for the rest of the dude, day. <laughs> dude, they, they are so like OU football because there are some days I watch them and I go, they're the best team out there. They, they cannot right. be defeated. And then there are some days they'll drop a game to like Chengdu Hunters who are like in the bottom like 15 in the league. There's 20 teams in the league and they're in the, like the bottom 15 and they'll drop a game to them. And I'm like, how are you guys that good and that bad <laughs> at the That's same cool. time? Yeah, um, but I think I love Overwatch just because no that specialization. There mm-hmm. are people yeah. like me, like me personally. I specialize in support, so I really put a lot of my playtime into being a really good healer, into um, keeping the other characters alive. That's kind of what I really focus on. I like it too because when you play with friends who actually kind of take the game semi serious, um, and that, and that's what I also love. You do not yeah. have to be a pro player to take Overwatch seriously. Right. So yeah. you can like really invest in the game, invest your skills into it and still become a really good character. And I know that there are going to be a lot of people who listen to this who are like, oh, you know, I'm a great DPS player. I'm a tank or whatever. And, that, and, that, and that's kind of the the fun of Overwatch. Right. Like when you yeah. introduce yourself, they always say, OK, what are your main characters? Like, who do you run? Is kind of a common question for Overwatch players. Right. And uh, and it's always like, you know, I'm a tank main. I play Reinhardt or things like that. So I kind of love it. I, as you were talking about that, I haven't put, again, I've just watched other people play Overwatch, so I'm speaking totally in ignorance, but I think another thing where it's similar in some ways to Smash, like you were talking about, it's not just the specialization, but like the personalities of the different characters. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just this character does this mechanically, but it's like, and they like have a voice and they have like and someone who like said their lines like each character has their own personality and like color palette and like the way they do it so even if two characters function similarly they're not the same and it's not just yeah. the technical aspect of it but they like look different so it's sort of like the art and science thing that we talked about in the fantasy series of like those two things interacting but i love that you're like you love playing support characters because i'm thinking about your D characters and like two of your three main DD characters are totally support characters. Like they mm-hmm. they exist not just to fight for themselves, but to like help other people. And all of my characters are just damage dealers. <laughs> and so like, and that's how I play Smash. In Smash, I just hunt the person with the most damage the whole time. I'm like, I just want to knock people off the stage. And so I don't know. I think it's beautiful how even the like what you said. Who do you run? It's like it's you're asking people like to reveal 
something about their personality, you know? Yeah. What characters who are versatile. Yeah, and it really does. And what I like about Overwatch too is is that you need you always respect when you meet a character who plays a different class from you because you know you need that character. Right. This Overwatch is really satisfying and really frustrating at the same time. And anyone who plays right, the game right. knows that when you get teammates who do not run the comp or do not like play together or who just kind of do their own thing, this game is so well designed that it punishes you. So you can go five on six and you can have the five best players but if your sixth person is not playing with the team and the other opposing six are playing together they will beat the five every time that's how mm. balanced the characters are well there's a few characters that i would argue are unbalanced like junkrat right now is insane like he needs to really be, his ult needs to be nerfed but that that's a whole different discussion for a different day my <laughs> my point is generally speaking teams that run well together will supersede individual skill every time in overwatch yeah. so i always appreciate it it's always fun to get those messages at the end of the game sometimes you get some mean ones but sometimes you get some messages from people who are like hey man great job like i would love to run again and so you'll exchange like friend information so you can run those comps together so i love overwatch it's it's my, it's one of my favorite games right now can we also appreciate the, the time in which we live that like like people who play the game can complain about someone's alt being too powerful or someone's smash or whatever. And the game designers can like change the software virtually without you having to go buy a new game. Like I know people get super nostalgic. I mean, Mark is like the king of this about old games. Like, Oh, Bailey was the best. And this is the best. And like, there is like, I understand why he says that. But the reality is, once they made melee, that was it. Like what what you got was was it. There was no like changing it. And I think it's beautiful that we live in a time where, like, you can play a game and then they get feedback and then they can make the game better and they can like make yeah. it more balanced. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, like, back in the day, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have streaming, and it was just like you just bought the game and that's that was it. You just went home and played it and you you know you made it work. So you, you know, I think that's cool. You know what also is insane, like. And we're seeing this not just in video games, search pages and stuff, but like Overwatch, they have an experimental mode. So before they even roll out an update, they will let people play the experimental uh, mode. So like, for example, for one of the characters uh, who I main, Mora, she's a healer. They're doing an experimental mode where they change one of her abilities that kind of give it a buff, make it a little stronger. But before they even roll it out, they'll let tons of people play it and give feedback. So I think Overwatch, this game came out in 2016. It was released by Blizzard Studios. I say mm -hmm. that Overwatch is going to have one of the longest shelf lives of modern video games because of the features like that. It's constantly being updated. It has a player base that is constantly giving feedback. And then more importantly, Blizzard Studios is a studio that listens to feedback and implements it relatively quickly for a video game studio. So I think it's going to be a game like League of Legends or Team Fortress 2. We're going to be seeing it played for... A, a decade or 15 years after it's been released blizzard is the king of long releases like they are like long-standing titles what is the biggest game that people think of when they think of blizzard probably world, world of warcraft, warcraft. oh that yeah. game has been out for so long and it is still receiving updates and patches they like blizzard has i don't know the exact number like six main games and that's it and like mm -hmm. they are they constantly update and redo and 
Diablo Four is about to come out, so they're re- they're like getting ready Diablo Three, but they they like release a game and they'll update it for years before they release a new version, which I think is really cool. Yeah, if people if video game studios, I in my opinion, because the cost of developing video games is rising, there's kind of two models that you can go to. You can either go to the model of like COD, and I and I'm not I should say I am not advocating for one model or the other, but you kind of go to the model of COD where they release a new Call of Duty every single year, and that's how they generate and they're successful at it. They've I mean they're one of the most profitable uh, video game IPs out there. They release a new yeah. video game about once a year, maybe every 16 months. Then you see with Blizzard Studios, they really craft the game to have longevity. They put a lot of care and thought into it. And what they do is, is they make it so that you are incentivized to continue generate uh, generating revenue, either it be through a pro league or like Blizzard, you can buy loot boxes, things like that. I, I personally would prefer if video game companies would just continue to update the game and work on it and put the 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 resources and thought into longevity a game that i think of that it panned out when someone continued to put effort into developing and i've recently started playing this is no man's sky i've heard about that game i've heard it's really good it so when it came out it was essentially a space exploration game yeah, it's yeah. like mine, Minecraft in space. You had a spaceship. It was an infinite, uh, infinitely generating universe. You could just travel planets. It was really – everyone was super excited for it to come out. There was a lot of critical acclaim. People were very excited. When it came out, though, it was kind of a dud. Right? It kind like of people, flopped. Yeah, it flopped really hard, in fact. However, after years of updates by – I think Hello Games is the studio. After years of updates and investment and care – I've been playing it. I would say it's one of the most enjoyable video games I've played in the last year. It's really yeah. fun. It's really exciting. But they they just subscribe to the model of we're not going to give up on the game. We're not going to just release a new one to try to generate revenue. They really gave it the care and work necessary yeah. to make it a good game. And Noah, to your point, that is the beauty of the modern system we existed. If you screw up on the release, you have opportunity if you give it the right work and care to make yeah. a beautiful video yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of beautiful video games, Mark, I want to hear about your second favorite video game. So my second game I'm mentioning is a game called Path of Exile. Mm-hmm. It is released by Grinding Gear Games, which is an indie uh, studio. This is the only game they produce, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it came out in October 2013, but it is constantly being updated and re- renewed. So they constantly have new patches, new versions, new stories, new modes. I can get into that a little bit later. Um, it is free to play. So the entire game is unlocked from the start. How they make their money is uh, microtransactions. They have a store which grant cosmetic cosmetic. Um, just things not really doesn't make your gameplay any better or worse it just makes your character look cooler um and that's how they make their money which i think more and more studios i think of dota 2 um i played dota 2 for 1950 hours i just looked it up um so i have a ton of hours that is also free to play but what they do is they release character skins map skins emotes and all that 
to make continue to fund the development of the game, which I think is actually a brilliant model because it does not it does not uh, limit ease of access. Everyone's available to play it because it's free, free entryway, and you can play the entire thing. It is not pay to win, like where some games are like, oh, I'm free to play, but to really do well, you have to pay money. Um, but no, these games are completely free to play. Um, Path of Exile is completely free to play. What's cool about it is you can choose from seven available classes and they each have like a combination. Like there's a class you have basically three uh, stats. You have strength, dexterity, intelligence, and um, all the classes have to do with one of those or a combination or just equally. And there's one class that's like equally balanced between all of them. So like the Marauder class, he is a strength only class. Like that is his strongest point. You only want to build like strength things typically. But what's so cool about this game is the classes are not restricted. So what that means is you have access as a Marauder, a strength only character to the intelligent spell casting things. You have to, and there's this huge, huge tree that you, a uh, skill tree that you have access to every single skill in the entire game. You just have to build it that way. Are some classes favor other things like Marauder, like I said, uh, favors tanking, high health, um, high armor, that kind of stuff. While like a um, witch character, witch class is intelligence only. Um, there's a skill where your health goes down to one hit point, but you gain a shield a huge shield to make up for it. And you want to work on mana region and shield region and your uh, spells becoming stronger. But what's really cool is like you can build a Marauder that can cast these crazy spells. Is it recommended? No, but it's, you can do it. So you have a freedom of exploring and it's set in this really cool dark fantasy setting where you literally are trying to survive. It's a very, very gruesome game. So I'll just go ahead word that now say that now it is a very gruesome game and the themes of them theme of the game is pretty dark but it's so cool because there's so many different pathways you can do and online if you just really want to if you want to jump into the game and you don't know where to start there's an online uh form that path of exile actually has to help you with builds and like people will post their builds on their form that are really good so something like we were mentioning earlier, Path of Exile um, will constantly update their game. Like so, when I was playing it a lot, they had like four different patches come out, and what happens is there's a hardcore league that happens with new every new patch, and with it there's a new event that happens with every patch. So it's you still follow the same gameplay every time, um, but it keeps it fresh because of the new event. So like there's one. Whereas like uh, tomes, like these uh, crystal like spires would come up and like you'd open the crystal spire, all these enemies would appear and you'd get this cool loot and these certain shards. That was one way it kept the game fresh. And if the things at the event was so successful, they'd keep that element in the game for their the rest of the game, which I think is just really cool. So I really enjoy Path of Exile. Like I said, it's free to play. So give it a check. Um, I recommend a Marauder Earthquake build. It's just a really good intro build if you want to check it out. I think I've played Path of Exile, and I put, I've only put like five or six hours into it. 
not because it wasn't enjoyable. I should note it was it was definitely a game. I saw it on the Xbox Live Store. Yeah, the marketplace for free, and I was like, that's super curious. But it had great reviews. It had like a four point five, which for free games, that's really high. It's really well rated. So I just I clicked on it. I didn't put a whole lot of time, but it was because when I play video games now it's either i'm playing with someone so i'm playing overwatch or i'm playing like a no man's sky like something i can play along with other people which i think path of exile you can play with other people but you can it's more it's both you can play with people and play with not but if you play with a party the game gets harder which is cool yeah and i and i didn't have anyone who was interested in playing so i i quickly moved away from it and just some of my previous video games but definitely i would agree with you mark definitely worth a check out especially if you really like those kind of uh like overworld like you're moving your character around like style of art yeah like, it's uh an like action role playing game action yeah. role playing game is the technical um like genre um it's also just a hack and slash because you literally just sl- it's the most satisfying thing because you see these hordes of like enemies come and like creatures and you just wipe them out. It's so like if you just want to kill things for hours, play that game. It's so satisfying. It's so hard. If you make one mistake, you're dead, but it's so satisfying. Noah, tell us about your second favorite video game. Not your second favorite, but your second video game that also happens to be your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about Mario Kart, which I do love. I want to briefly mention Mario Kart just because I think Mario Kart's a great party game. Very similar to Smash Bros. What I love about Mario Kart, and this is like, I mean, there are memes about this, you know, and different people have talked about this, but like you can plan everything right and do it all like perfectly and then get hit by a blue shell and go from first place to fifth place at the very end of the race. Like it's, it's such, it's such a wild game. <laughs> all hell Lord blue shell. <laughs> it's so fun it, it's frustrating i mean you can't get really good at it like most nintendo games it's fun to play if you have a bunch of people who aren't very good at it and you can also like tech like get very good at it to where like you understand how to drift and all that stuff so um i do love mario kart but i actually wanted to go a little older and i know i said that i'm not a big first person shooter game which is true i'm not typically that's not really my my jam most of the time but I love Halo 3 so much. And I remember like playing it this weekend. My friend Kyle was playing it on his Xbox. And I was just like, man, I remember the, the like different plot twists. I remember like specific lines that are said. I remember like he would start playing a level. He was just doing the campaign by himself. I'm like, I remember this level was so much fun. And... I just think they did such a great job. Um, Halo General, but the two I remember playing most as a kid were Halo 3 and Halo Reach, just because those two had exceptional storylines, super fun gameplay, and it felt epic. Like, you weren't just... Like, the technical part of the game was fun. This is more back to the whole science and art thing, like marrying, which I think is something video games do really well. But then, like, you also felt like the what was happening had meaningful emotional stakes for the world and for the character. It wasn't just like, oh, I've got to shoot some stuff. It was like, I'm fighting this thing so that I can get to this objective because I'm trying to, you know, like, and it, and it, you felt it. Also, the score, the, like, music in the Halo games is just really, really good. 
Um, and I would just say too, like for a long time, I think I always looked at video games as like a lesser art form if I considered it an art form at all. Mm-hmm. And I think even recently, I've started to realize like how arrogant that is, like how like how ridiculous it is to think like that books, you know, are like better than movies and movies are better than TV shows. And, you know, however you want to rank those things, it's like when you have something that's like beautiful and it's brilliant and well made, like art can take all sorts of different forms. And I would say growing up, I never really took video games seriously, like as an art form. You know, I don't know if it was just like the culture I grew up in was like, oh, that's a waste of time. You know, if that was the sort of. Uh, mentality i adopted or if it was just my own you know pretentiousness of like oh that's not you know good enough which is ironic because i love disney princess movies <laughs> so, yeah. which, I don't think, so it's cool that like now i'm i feel like i'm starting to reappreciate like just how like the the art form of video games that it's not just a distraction it's not just like a time wasting thing it's not just a dumb thing that you know people do when they're bored it's like you can tell beautiful stories through video games and even some of the video games I enjoyed as a kid, like the uh, the first couple of Assassin's Creed games, which I played on the uh, Halo games that I played through when I was younger, like they were really good stories. Like they were they were beautiful. Like they put time and thought and effort into them. And just because it's a video game doesn't mean it can't be like a really like beautiful story. Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree with you. No, Halo Three. Phenomenal video game. I have a funny anecdote about it. That so when I first got my Xbox 360, there were two games that we got: Guitar Hero 2, because I had loved Guitar Hero 2 at the time, and my sister got Forza Motorsports 2. I only had those games for like a couple of months. The very next video game I got, and my and you gotta understand, my parents like they didn't really buy like games for me very quick. I was young too, so I wasn't like earning money to go buy my own video games. So the very next game I got was Halo 3. Well, of course, I kind of liked shooter games. I was young. I kind of liked the action of it. So I played through the Halo 3 campaign. Like, I would play it every day. Like, I'd play Halo 3, like, every day through the campaign. But I didn't have online, so I would literally just play through the campaign. And I eventually got to where one day I was like, you know what? This game's too easy. I'm going to keep upping the difficulty. So finally, one day I was like, I'm committing. I put that bad boy on Legendary. I completed the whole campaign, and I remember sitting there going, I have beaten Halo 3, my third video game I have ever owned in my life, on Legendary, the hardest difficulty. And and i got to be honest, by the end of it, it was kind of easy for me. Like, I was just, like, demolishing these. Like, I just, I had great, I had, like, the good reaction time down for Master Chief. I knew when to jump and throw the grenades. And I remember sitting there going, Oh my god! I have to get a different video game because I, <laughs> I, I have beaten this game on the hardest difficulty. But I grew a deep appreciation for Halo Three. I gained a deeper appreciation when I finally got Xbox Live for it, and I was like, "The multiplayer yeah. is incredible." So I love Halo Three. I think that the first three Halos have some of the best storytelling, and also Halo. Much like uh, GoldenEye, I like to say that Halo is what brought first-person shooter multiplayer into the modern era. Without Halo Combat Evolved, you do not get an online COD experience like we have. You do not even get an Overwatch. Like Halo took what GoldenEye did really well and made it online, made it super accessible and fun for an entire generation. And so for that, mad salute to Halo. You know, I had a thought. 
and it it left me <laughs> right right as you were talking i can talk about a thought popped in my head you're talking about art and video games i remember when we were living together noah one of the games i showed you that really brought that to attention was a game called ori in the blind forest mm-hmm. yep the first 10 minutes i have never been moved so much by one singular game like it brought me to tears because it was so emotional I, yeah. I, I've heard both of you talk about that game numerous times. I don't know if I will ever personally get the opportunity to play it, but I might just go read through like the synopsis of the storyline because you've both mentioned it with raving reviews. So I'll definitely go check out Ori. At least watch the first 10 minutes. I might go do that. I might go watch that. And I kind of, I, I may watch the first 10 minutes and just kind of see if someone streamed it or just put it up on YouTube. I'm sure they have. And you'll know the point of which, like, I mean, by the first 10 minutes, like you'll you'll figure out like what big major event that you need to like watch to. Okay, I'll I'll definitely go check it out. It's video games are awesome. Yes, sure. And because you can tell so many incredible stories, you know, we were talking in the pre-show and I'm sure you all will get an opportunity to hear it. But we were talking about how there are so many incredible video games out there, right? Like we start talking about, we haven't even gotten into Elder Scrolls and Skyrim and how wonderful that is in RPG series. We haven't talked about Witcher 3, which is arguably the greatest video game story-wise. Mechanically, RPG is the greatest story, story game ever created. We haven't talked about how great gears of war was and how that was an awesome, like, I forgot about gears of war. Oh my gosh. Like, and that's, the chainsaw guns. Yeah, I mean, like, and then we like, and then I talk about Mark, and I haven't even mentioned it, and I feel like it's a disrespect. My favorite video game series of all time after Elder Scrolls is Pokemon. I mean, I so good. It's a simple formula that has been rehashed numerous times, but there's a reason people keep buying Pokemon yeah. year after year. There's a reason it's one of the most. I I think it might be currently the most valuable video game IP in the world. Like it has the singular greatest value attached to its title. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I thought I saw a chart or something that it, it's just insane between all of the, it's up there though. Yeah, all the merchandise and all of the video games and card game and everything that it's just and Pokemon Go that Pokemon just generates this incredible sum of money, which you know. Money isn't a great way to judge the value of a video game because then we would be like, COD's the greatest video game that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a reason people keep coming back to it. And so I think the best way to summarize the video game episode is that there are so many great ones. We definitely want to hear about your favorite video game in the Discord. We want to hear about your favorite platform. My personal favorite platform is xbox 360 and then followed closely behind that is the nintendo ds had great memories on both of those oh the ds i played a ton of mario kart and pokemon on the nintendo ds i my favorite pokemon is um uh soul silver yeah 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 it's the most complete pokemon game ever released in my opinion so it i mean there's tons of stuff this is a great discussion i love that we got to talk about the video games as an art form do you guys have anything else to add? I was just gonna say it's so cool how much variety there is. You know, mm-hmm. like we just we we barely we scratched barely the, scratched the surface. Yeah, and like there's just so many. It's not just that 
like even within a single genre, there's so many different types of video games. You know, like we could have just talked about first person shooters. We could have just talked about party style games. We could have just talked about strategy or role play. You know, there's so many different types. It's cool that as things are becoming more like well i don't know if it's fair to say things are becoming more democratized but there are more people making video games now like you do have more indie style games that like mark was talking about that like people will discover and be like this is amazing like even though yeah. like this isn't like a huge studio with tons of money people are like making beautiful work and i think I, that's cool in any industry not just in video games just in general when you see people making like beautiful things and it's like there's something in you that wants to like support them and like yeah there's so many great single like single developer studios that are producing great games. The top one off the uh, of my head is Fez, a beautiful puzzle game. And there's like like you were just saying, no, like there's so many things we have not even covered. Like we Park and I could probably talk about esports because we like esports in two different genres of uh, games. Mm-hmm. Parker mentioned a little bit with Overwatch. For me, it's Dota Two. And then secondary, it's Smash Bros. Uh, Melee. I follow that scene quite a bit. Um, but there's so many different avenues that you could talk about video games in. Like we could talk about the best story of a video game because there's some great uh, video games out there with amazing stories that like will move you. And then there's some games that are like the gameplay is just so epic and like the scenery, the visuals are so cool. Like there's so many different aspects. Yeah, and I would just say I'm excited to like get back into video games, like I said. And so like even having this conversation, it's like this is definitely a like art form or like a part of my creativity that I've neglected. So it's exciting to be like, wow, this is a perfect time to have this conversation because I'm just about to be like, hey, you know, I'm getting back into this. So even like Discord, if you have any great Switch games suggestions for me, please put them in the Discord. And let me know because I am like just getting back into it. I know about Pokemon. Parker already explained this to me before. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just fun. It was a good time to have this conversation. Well, be sure to check out our Discord. Tell us about your favorite video game series. I can almost guarantee that we will be coming back to this topic sometime in the future. We wanted to mention that we're still looking for a show recommendation from you, the listeners. So if you have a great show idea, if there's something that you want us to talk about or something that you find interesting, be sure to drop us uh, a link or drop us a chat in the Discord. We'll be more than happy to talk with you, hear about your interest, and hopefully might end up on the show. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Hey, everyone, if you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out our Discord channel. That's where you can connect with other nerds of a feather, have fun conversations, and even suggest your own episode ideas. Discord members will be the first to hear about bonus content, including our soon-to-be infamous pre-show and after-show. If you want to get to know us better and create a community with other nerds, check out the link in the description below. Trust me, you do not want to miss it.